This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, the first active duty service member is arrested for the January 6th riot at the Capitol. OPM could have kept its workers in the loop more about possible COVID exposures. And the White House reveals when it will be sending out its full budget request to Congress. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Federal prosecutors have charged a Marine Corps officer with assaulting Capitol Police during the January 6th riot. The Justice Department says Major Christopher Warnergaris is the first active duty military member implicated in the insurrection. He was taken into custody in Quantico, Virginia yesterday and released after a short court appearance. Prosecutors say he forced his way into the Capitol and then helped other rioters get inside the building. The military is continuing to see increases in sexual assault even in the midst of the pandemic. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni reports. Despite troops being in lockdown for part of the year and partly isolated from other service members, the military saw an uptick in sexual assaults from 2019 to 2020. The Defense Department's annual report shows a 1% increase in assaults totaling 7,816. The Army and Marine Corps saw slight increases in the number of reports, while the opposite was true for the Navy and Air Force. Congress is expected to pass legislation this year addressing how sexual assault prosecutions are handled in the military. Scott Mastioni, Federal News Network. The Coast Guard Academy hires Amy Donahue as its first provost. Donahue will act as chief academic officer and principal advisor to the superintendent in all matters relating to academic programs and faculty. Donahue served as an Army officer. In the past, she worked for NASA and also served on numerous task forces with agencies like the Veterans Benefits Administration. The Watchdog Office for the Office of Personnel Management says the agency did not do enough to inform its employees of positive or suspected COVID-19 cases last year. OPM reported 72 COVID cases at its facilities during a six-month period in 2020. The agency's inspector general reviewed a sample of those cases. It could not find evidence that OPM informed employees about potential COVID exposures for many cases. OPM also did not require or enforce a mask mandate for its employees in 2020. OPM since resolved the IG's concerns when it issued a new safety plan and implemented the president's mask mandate earlier this year. One congressman wants to see how agencies are planning to safely reopen federal offices and bring employees back to work. More on that from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. New legislation requires agencies to address health and safety protocols, vaccines, and employee telework, and post those plans online. Virginia Congressman Jerry Connolly introduced and named this bill after one of his constituents, a federal worker who died from COVID-related complications. The bill cleared the House Oversight and Reform Committee yesterday. It moves on to the House floor for a vote. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Network. May is National Mental Health Awareness Month, and the Office of Personnel Management says it's dedicated to supporting agency leaders and human resources practitioners throughout the pandemic and beyond as they prepare for the future of work. OPM says agency leaders should be especially mindful of mental health factors as federal employees return to their offices. OPM will also host a virtual seminar on mental health and work-life balance for HR leaders next week. 
The Government Accountability Office identified another 112 steps agencies could take to weed out overlap and duplication in federal programs. Agencies have already saved billions of dollars through prior efforts to address duplication and overlap, but GAO says hundreds of billions of dollars are ripe for saving. Comptroller General Gene Dodaro says a federal program inventory would go a long way toward helping agencies address duplication and overlap. The Government Program and Results Modernization Act required agencies to create a common inventory 10 years ago. President Joe Biden will send his full fiscal 2022 budget request to Capitol Hill on May 27th. The Office of Management and Budget confirmed that is when more specific funding data and policy initiatives will be available. The White House submitted Biden's initial budget request for discretionary spending to Congress in early April. That called for a 16 percent increase in non-defense discretionary spending. The full budget request will likely address things like the federal pay raise for 2022, agency staffing levels and more details on the president's management agenda. A major postal reform bill makes its way to the House floor. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. The House Oversight and Reform Committee passes the Postal Service Reform Act. The bill would end the agency's 2006 mandate to pre-fund retiree health benefits well into the future and requires future retirees to enroll in Medicare. Republicans on the committee included a requirement for USPS to stand up an online dashboard tracking on-time delivery. Committee ranking member James Comer says the bill is built on compromise and has a good chance of becoming law. And I believe we've struck a good deal for everyone and ushers in a new era for the Postal Service. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. GSA reopens the door to a government-wide cloud contract with a new RFI. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has those details. The General Services Administration's first enterprise cloud contract for email as a service struggled after it was awarded in 2011. Ten years later, it may be time to try it again. GSA released a request for information for infrastructure, platform, and software as a service that would use the pay-as-you-go model. In the RFI, GSA asked vendors several questions, including whether the company has successfully deployed cloud services in the last three years, whether it received a FedRAMP authorization, and what's the most appropriate acquisition strategy. Responses to the RFI are due May 24th. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. The State Department is partnering with Google to provide skills training to women in technology. The Women Tech Founders Program will give female entrepreneurs in the Middle East and North Africa technical skills training from Google experts. The program will provide networking opportunities and workshops focused on design thinking, machine learning, and product development. State will pick a select number of 50 participants to be program ambassadors in their regions. The partnership is part of the State Department's providing opportunities for Women's Economic Rise Initiative. And agencies denied a majority of Freedom of Information Act requests, either partially or in full in fiscal 2020. Justice Department data shows agencies claimed an exemption in nearly half of all FOIA requests and claimed there were no records in 16% of them. Agencies fully granted requests in only 21% of cases. The government-wide backlog grew to more than 140,000 requests, and agencies processed 100,000 fewer FOIA requests compared to the previous year. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts and stay up to date on your agency's response to the coronavirus with our coronavirus resource page. I'm Eric White. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. 
Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.